I'm Aria Schwartz. And I'm Rachel Galligan. And welcome to the Windsider Show, where it's all about the W. Game 5 of the Connecticut Sun vs. Chicago Sky was a game to remember. There is so much to discuss, so let's dive right in. show please consider joining our patreon community patreon.com backslash windsider that's patreon.com backslash windsider for less than a cup of coffee a month you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the w and don't forget to see our amazing staff's written content over at windsider.com if you're looking to get tickets to the WNBA finals it's set thanks for our sponsor tick pick you don't have to worry the original no fee ticketing site and official ticketing partner of the defending champion Chicago Sky for about, well, a few more games. Use the link T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K.com backslash Winsider. That's TickPick.com backslash Winsider for all your upcoming ticket purchases for the WNBA, NFL, NBA, concerts, comedian shows, whatever you want, any other event. Welcome to the Winsider Show. Game 5, Rachel. Connecticut versus Chicago. In Chicago, the defending champions, 40 minutes away from making, uh, pushing to a repeat, all that jazz. Let's get right into it. What's your reaction, Rachel, when I tell you uh, the Sun are in the finals? Yeah, I mean, (laughs) you know, we were talking about it yesterday or whenever, the day before, last time we we recorded, and it was kind of like, you felt like, does this team have what it takes to be able to pull this off? And I mean, we, we were pretty much split, you know, going back and forth as to what was going to happen. And, and obviously, Connecticut found a way. And I think that's just a perfect, um, just just overall, like, like description of the Connecticut Sun this season. They've somehow just been able to find a way. And I think they made this series um, a little bit ugly, a little bit messy. Um, it was not the prettiest basketball all the way around, but that worked in their favor. And I think you look just just looking at some of the numbers last night are completely staggering. And I, I I always felt like there was something about the sky that just I it it, it wasn't sitting right with me. You know, it was it was just I, I can't even put it into words. There was something about this team that I just questioned their ability to go all the way. And I think you have the Connecticut Sun that are just so hungry and ready to be in this moment. And I mean, if you look at, let I me mean, look at the fourth quarter, Chicago Sky held to just five points. I mean, what are your thoughts on just that final quarter, you know, at home in a game five series and, and they, they literally score five points? I mean, I don't think this is an exaggeration. First of all, I just want everyone to like go to ESPN.com, WNB, wherever it is, and look at the box scores. First quarter, 24-16, Connecticut. Next quarter, 24-16, Chicago. Next quarter, 18-8, to Chicago. And then the fourth quarter, 24-5. to Really, it came down to the fourth quarter. Um, it was quite an interesting battle, but you have to say, if you're thinking about that fourth quarter, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say one of the more, I don't want to say embarrassing, but just like, disappointing, yeah. gut-wrenching. I mean, 
welcome back to the de- the depths of the WNBA fandom, Chicago Sky fans. And I and I mean that not in the sense of like, oh, they're the Indiana Fever now. I mean that in the sense of like, look, the way like the last year for the Chicago Sky has been just, you know, cloud nine, right? Like a mediocre season last year, 16 and six, go to the playoffs. And since like that first do or die game in the playoffs, I mean, lights out. Yes, they've had their struggles this year. But like they were still a top team in this league, going in as the number two seed, and one of the most complete teams in terms of yeah, and just weaponry. You know, I mean, you had and they got better. They dumped Olsen for Miesemann. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I mean, phenomenal season by the sky, and I mean, you you, goes down to a game five, and I think all of us. This is nothing against Connecticut, but a lot of people were fully prepared to just kind of write Chicago in there with Vegas in the finals. And it would have been a hell of a finals. I think that that itself could have gone to five games, you know. Um, But Connecticut found a way. And even I think one of the most bizarre aspects of of looking at the numbers were the 23 turnovers. I mean, if you would have told me Connecticut would have gone into this game and had 23 turnovers and shot just 25% from the three-point most line. Ever, most ever in a victory. I mean, wow. You know, it was like but, – but then you look but then you look on the other side. You look at Chicago, and I think the biggest key for me in this specific matchup was the rebounding numbers and how dominant um, Connecticut was on the glass for five games. I mean, that was the biggest difference maker – in my opinion, in terms of just controlling the glass, limiting second chance opportunities. And then you combine that with the fact that Chicago just could not hit a bucket. I mean, Allie Quigley goes one for 12. That's just brutal. You know, um, that hurts you. Candace Parker, two, just two for seven. Um, Clea Copper, eight for 19. I mean, you know, as Candace Parker, two shots in the whole second half of the game. Right. I mean, but yeah. but the the thing that you're you're bringing up all these points, the the part that I feel like we're skipping over is the game ends with 43 rebounds for Connecticut, 28 for uh Chicago. That was not the case for I would say 80% of the game. Going into like at halftime and most of the third quarter, it was like a differentiate a differential a differential of maybe five rebounds. Mm-hmm. It like it was much closer. The turnovers were such a key aspect, right. but I believe they had twenty one turnovers going into the fourth quarter. Yeah, like th- this was a fourth quarter where Connecticut flipped the switch, and for the first time at any point during this game, Connecticut looked like a team ready in the moment. Yeah. Now early early on in the game. And we were talking about this on the playback stream. Shameless plug. We've been doing these fun uh, watch parties. No download necessary. It's free. It takes two seconds to sign up. Um, everyone watches together. I, I always say, like, as a WNBA fan, I've spent a lot of time watching epic WNBA games by myself. It's really fun to share the moment uh, with people who know basketball and appreciate it and love the league like we do. The link is getplayback.com backslash room backslash winsider that's getplayback.com backslash room backslash winsider we'll be doing a stream obviously sunday game one Let's 3 go. eastern um <laughs> but but like we were talking about it and look connecticut was happy early on in the game because they were still in it right end of the first quarter 24 16 um going into halftime it was tied mm-hmm. and 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 what chicago was able to do similar and i kept bringing this up it was very similar in my mind to and I saw a lot of similarities between Chicago and Vegas throughout this season, 
But what Chicago was able to do in the first half was very similar to what we saw from Vegas in the second half yeah. of game four in the final of the semifinals against Seattle, where the defense was just earth shattering. It was anytime somebody crossed, uh, what do they call it, the timeline? You had a defender in your face, a quick trap came, maybe a fake trap, forced you to quick pass out, and then a trap on the second player. Like, the defense was exquisite in the fr- it, like throughout the game. And yes, Connecticut was finding ways to muck things up, as everyone loves to say. I've never heard that phrase used so much until 2022, Connecticut Sun. Um, but it, it was just really impressive. And then Connecticut finally seemed to calm down and like almost embrace the chaos in the fourth. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how they want to play. And I think Connecticut, and I would have to really sit down and crunch some numbers and and get really analytical with it, um, which I probably will end up doing later today. Um, But I'm really fascinated to understand how this team has turned it on defensively. And it's not just defensively, but it's just keeping Chicago on their heels. And I feel like for a majority, for the, for the bulk of this series, that's what they were able to do. You know, Chicago was forced to play Connecticut brand of basketball, and they were so uncomfortable for five games and, and, and just unable to do and be the things that this Chicago Sky team has been. And, and it paid off. You know, I, I, I'm really impressed with what Connecticut was able to do just consistently from the defensive end of the floor and to just impose their will on the style of game that was going to be played. Interesting little tidbit. Game one, final score, Connecticut 68, Chicago 63. And game five, final score, Connecticut 72, Chicago 63. In both of their, in two of the three wins, Chicago, they held them a high octane offense just to 63 points. And the reason that I think that's important is because like, when you look at the other game they won, it was a complete blowout, right? A 24-point game. So, like, I look at that 80-point put out, and it really doesn't mean much to me. Um, pretty impressive that they were able to hold the defending champs to that low-scoring output. Candace Parker, 2-for-7, 2-for-3 from 3, um, just 7 points and no shots in the fourth quarter. Got to have questions there. I mean, the the one thing, you know, I, I want to say is the post-game press conference was amazing. Kurt Miller in classic fashion uh stirs the pot a little bit because the man just loves to stir the pot right what did he say but but i also think that like he is such a man of like random facts and numbers and statistics and like you know he he's gonna pull things out that like hey did you know and he rattle off some sort of abstract fact but I, i took it as more of like a compliment you know but oh totally i just say that say that or <clears throat> this is my one gripe with it. Say that during the series or before the series. Mm-hmm. Don't a, when you say it after, it's just like, okay, and like say it before, kind of like with your chest, right? I got confidence in my team. Two out of the last three years, we've knocked Candace Parker out of the playoffs. You I think you we don't can do say it that again. Before, in my opinion, because then, <clears throat> well, of course you don't, because <laughs> that's like the respectable, you know, appropriate thing to do. But Rachel, I'm not talking about that. I want the, I want the drama. I want the drama. <laughs> Well, I mean, a player like Candace Parker is going to take that and use it as fuel, you know. And true, I, you know. but I loved her response, right? Yeah, we we don't we don't care we don't hang cha- uh, uh, conference banners here. We hang championship banners. And hey, I mean, a little a little smack talk. I mean, it is what it is. But both both are matter of fact, you know. So yeah, it's 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 raw and it's I can't imagine there. There's a whole lot we're going to be talking about with Candace Parker and what does the future mean 
there. Well, well, we talk about Candace Parker, but let's talk about Allie Quigley, a player who, you know. This whole franchise. I mean, there's a. One for 12. Oh, for six from three. And and I joked about it on the stream. And hey, Chicago lost. I kind of have to say it. That's your three point champ. I had to say it. Oh, my God. (laughs) No, but like, look, at, at, at the end of the day, I think. And we talked about it in the post game show. We've been doing that. Uh, we think it's a cool way to kind of make ourselves stand out uh, from some of the other playbacks as we're doing post game shows. Maybe we'll start doing pregame shows that the fans demand <laughs> it. Um, getplayback.com backslash room backslash windsider. Join us Sunday, 3 p.m. Eastern. Um, but one of the things that I noticed, and, and I think James kind of hinted at this in the post game press conference, was Allie Quigley, 32 minutes. She's not a stout defensive player, right? She shot one for 12, 0 for 6 from three. Dana Evans did not play. Julie Aleman, just seven minutes. Now, when Rebecca Gardner got in there, granted, she went one for two. She's a defensive specialist, hit a big shot when it was needed, um, got a steal, got a rebound, only one turnover, and played effective defense at times um, and annoying pesky defense. I think, for me, that's kind of the big question. It wasn't so much a Candace Parker, right? Like she's filling the stat sheet in other ways, nine rebounds, three mm-hmm. assists, three steals, four blocks. Um, but at the end of the day, like it felt to me, if we're going to look back at this morning after reaction, it felt to me that James went with the vets mm-hmm. kind of and and like, look, I'll say both sides of the coin, right? Or both sides of the sword, as it were on the one side, it's this team, as we've talked about all season, made their bread and butter, made their cha-ching by winning those close games with the vets. So it makes sense to play the vets, right? And they just won a championship together. On the other hand, the writing was on the wall that Allie Quigley was not going to hit a big time three when they needed her to, to kind of tie this game up or whatever it might be. That's the big question mark for me. You know, is, I, is where yeah, yeah. I, I get I get where you're you're going with that. I just I can't knock Wade and his decision making to ride the vets. I mean, this is Allie Quigley here. You know, like like she is as relentless and one of the best shooters in league history. Yes, it was unfortunately a really tough shooting night for her. If even half of those, even a third of those go in, you know that helps this team exponentially. Maybe it's a different story, but um, like. Like you, you. In my opinion, you you have to go th- through these vets. You have to continue to hope that hey, you're going to find the bottom of the net at some point, and there's going to be that breakthrough. I mean, it was such a back and forth game in the way it was being played. I mean, the it was literally like when you look at just the numbers, it's like, oh, one quarter was Connecticut, the next one was Chicago. I mean, it was like literally so back and forth. At any moment, you were just like hoping or or were waiting for that breakthrough for the sky. And when it came down to Quigley, like. You can't just like, in my opinion, you can't go away from her. You know, she's one of the greatest of all time. She's won a championship. She's experienced. You ride that out and, and, and you live with the result. However, I do agree. I think it was a little bit interesting that Gardner just played 15 minutes um, with how this, this series looked and how it was being played just from a defensive standpoint, just from a, a pace standpoint, from a spark standpoint, a little bit surprised by those, those numbers a little bit, but I think you 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 gotta just you gotta go through your vet. You gotta go through your your all star. You know, just veteran player that knows how to win a championship. And and it was just a tough night. It was a tough night for you know Chicago across the board, but particularly Allie Quigley. And that's unfortunate. But you don't just go away from that, in my opinion. It was a tough night for one player on the Connecticut Sun, and that was Bree Jones, one for three in seventeen minutes. 
Uh, so shockingly, honestly, every player on the Connecticut bench had a negative plus minus. Bree Jones ends with just two points, yeah. two turnovers, three rebounds, and four fouls. Like, just complete. She looks stifled at points um, at, at during the game. But, you know, I think that the Odyssey Sims was an interesting one that I was kind of uh, not impressed by her play, to, to put it nicely. But DJ Carrington, a player who at times the the stats aren't necessarily going to show up right 11 minutes one for three two rebounds two turnovers was a plus minus of negative 14 had just two points but when i look at it i remember back to the plays that were were very very important and the breaks that she gave to other players and i look back at it that's statistically not a great night for for carrington but played an important role and made some key plays um, another key play that we have to talk about, Rachel, is Dewana Bonner and Kalia Copper getting into it, shoving, talking that smack. I loved it. I saw someone tweet out, you know, uh, Bonner said to Coop- Copper, um, I, I, everyone keeps calling her Cooper and it's so annoying because I'm going to start slipping up and saying it wrong. Um, but said, uh, somebody tweeted out, I ain't Sophie, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I what, what were your thoughts on that um, and, and just officiating in general? I know that that's been a huge point about this. Disgusting officiating. I mean, here's here's my thing. Let the players talk their talk. Let the players clap in the face after a bucket. Let the players, you know, I'm all about the celly. I'm all about the screaming. I, you know me. I hate that the, the refs are calling text because you scream. Um, I'm glad that for the first time ever, the WNBA officiating crew got a call right. That was a joke. I said it in jest. Um, and not calling the tech after that on Copper. Because that I could have easily seen that. I could have easily seen them call it on James Wade, who ran all the way onto the court and was like almost grabbed Bonner to hold her back. So like I appreciate the fact that they they for once they stood back. Other than that, I have nothing nice to say about them, and I don't want to get fined. Yeah, I mean, it's been an ongoing issue um, throughout the course of this season and, and recent years. You know, I think the WNBA players um, deserve better refs, and, and we've clearly got some glaring issues. You know, you hate to have, um, you know, officiating that can ruin the game or the flow of the game or, or things like that from that, that aspect. So yeah, I mean, definitely some things that we, <laughs> a lot we can talk about in the off season and, and, you know, in, in regards to that, but you know, that's, that's about all I have to say about that is obviously this is an area that we, the league has got to improve on. Well, we're going to have another episode coming out, breaking down the finals matchup before the finals. So don't worry about that, no. but uh, for like the 50th time in this episode, remind the folks what they should be doing for the game on Sunday. Join us. We will be doing one of our really fun watch parties, game one of the finals. Really looking forward to it um, as the Connecticut Sun head to Las Vegas on their private jet. On the PJ. Uh, On their private jet. It looks like the game is going to be at 3 p.m. Eastern time. Join us on playback. We will be promoting it on social media. Um, game is going to be on ABC. It's going to be free for everybody to be able to join us and, 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 and just hang out. Let's, let's watch, let's analyze this, this series. We'll, we'll, we'll give some predictions tomorrow and, and what we think is going to happen, but yeah, join us on Sunday. Let's go.